Hey, listeners, thanks for your support on this episode. Specifically, it is about West Kelowna, and we recorded this, you know, about a week before the fires actually started in West Kelowna. We do discuss some fire topics, specifically about the water treatment plant, and, you know, Thankfully, that was protected, the uh, $70 million investment that City of West Cologne has made there. So all jokes aside, within the episode, there was no intent to uh, offend anyone. Obviously, we didn't know there were going to be a fire, you know, after we recorded this. We are affected by it personally. Both Matt and I were, have friends and family that were. So, you know, we empathize and sympathize with everyone that was affected with it and as a whole you know basically all of the okanagan was so um, if there is anything you guys need if you are in you know difficult times please reach out to either of us but we just wanted to highlight that these shows are recorded in advance so we can get them edited and produced and everything like that so certain difficult times like the one we are in now it's just unforeseen for us obviously and uh, we just wanted to make sure that you guys were aware that you know we're fully supporting the community there and let's stick together and rebuild. Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast, Matt. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, anytime. Um, Back in the studio. It's coming along. Yeah, yeah, we're almost there. Yeah. So our guest today, yeah, legend of a guy, Steve yeah. Johnson, Yeah. city council for city of West Kelowna. Yeah. He's been on council for six years. Yeah. Won two elections. Uh, yeah. You know, he grew up there. We grew up there together. I've known Steve forever. Salt of the earth guy, super generous, just like genuine, honest, everything you don't think of when you think of politics, I guess. But I think on those smaller municipalities, you get those people that are a little more in touch with the community. Yeah. And that is Steve. Like the guy is just, yeah, nicest guy you'll ever meet. Um, yeah, he was, he's definitely a nice guy. Yeah. Great family guy. Grew up West Kelowna, was a home builder, kind of starting out, works for KRM. So, you know, very in touch with construction and developing. And, you know, you can speak to him at all levels. But yeah, he is making a huge impact for City of West Kelowna, yeah. and they are releasing their official community plan. It'll probably be released and adopted by the time this episode airs. Yeah, or close to like end of summer. Yeah, early September. Yeah, so very exciting to have him on. And yeah, we don't hold back. We yeah fire a lot. Of, fire. Yeah, fire a lot of questions. So we but apologize. He believes, he believes in the OCP. Like he believes in what he's selling here. Totally. Yeah. And, it's and he, and he's speak. not afraid to answer the questions. Yeah. Um, very even keeled, like sees both sides Yeah, and he's very approachable. So if anyone has questions about this podcast, reach out to Steve. I think also we need to seriously get some people out voting. 19% show out for the last election in West Kelowna. Yeah. Yeah. That is, so this is like, one. this is project number one for us in the next election. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to be the hype men for yeah. elections now. For uh, West Kelowna, Kelowna, like we're going to up this turnout. Yeah. We'll bring it to 20% if we can get our <laughs> listener out we're there. We're good for at least a quarter percent there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, enjoy the show guys. Yeah. It's a good one. And reach out to Steve if you have any questions on the OCP. Welcome to the uh, icebreaker. This segment of the show is brought to you by Taylor at Venture Mortgages. Come venture into the exciting world of mortgages. Okay, welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. 
in yeah a few minutes can you kind of describe your perfect friday what gives you energy what does it look like to be productive for you okay well usually i'm up about 5 30 and you know get up go to the kitchen couple glasses of water some stretching because you know the whole getting old thing is real and yeah. <laughs> i need to do that now i think just get cleaned up get ready for the day head to the office. I usually stop in at our West Kelowna plant. I work for Kelowna Ready Mix as my day job. Yeah. Check in, make sure things are working, go down to my office on Ellis, you know, get the emails and all the necessary stuff done in the morning. Yeah. And then off to visit some job sites, lots of coffee meetings, lunch with customers, you know, hopefully on a Friday we're wrapping up early. There's nothing yeah. too big going on and then get to some barbecues or beaches or paddle boarding or just hang out with friends. So yeah. Right on. Yeah. So for Kelowna Ready Mix, like you guys are pretty established plant. When they were doing some developments recently, like I saw there was, I don't know how many hundreds of trucks bringing in concrete for like Aqua and some of those units. Like, what does that look like for you guys? Are you running like around the clock kind of? Not a lot of weekend work or late night work. We do have the odd time where we'll have, you know, an overnight pour you know, we had one recently from Ovala where we started, at, right. you know, about 11 at night because the city didn't want the road closure to happen at yep. any other time on Lakeshore or Pandosia, I guess it is. But no, typically we're Monday to Friday, you know, we're 6 a.m. or 4 a.m. or whatever the early dates would be right yep. till the afternoon. And we've got about 30 trucks on the road. So we're just making rounders between our three different plants and yeah. getting as much mud out there as we can. So <laughs> I feel like I'm off topic already, but so... <laughs> Concrete has gone up in cost. Yes. Yeah, Why is that? Like, obviously that reflects what we're going to talk about today with, you know, developers and stuff having a harder time, make projects affordable. But is that just mostly like manpower, cost, fuel, parts, labor, that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Certainly the shortages we kind of experienced through the pandemic with supply line. We actually had a season where we were on allotments, so we would only be allowed to pour X amount of meters per day because that's yeah. what we were getting from our supplier for cement and fly ash. But manpower has been a, a difficult one. We're pretty much always hiring. If you're looking for a good job, Cologne yeah. Ready Mix is hiring. Drivers or everything? Drivers primarily, yeah. And then just there's pressures on concrete with the carbon taxation as well. We're kind of a bit of a target to that tax. And then again, fuel. Fuel is a big part of what we do. So there's increases there as well. But yeah, unfortunately, it is getting more expensive, which is putting those pressures on the housing market, just like any material though, really. Yeah. Or trade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, to get back on track for the kind of topic of the yeah, show. So about your other job, that's just your day job. Yeah. So you're on council for City of West Kelowna. How long have you been on council there? So this is my fifth year, my second term. I was elected first in 2018 and then again in 2022. Awesome. So That yeah. is awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Congrats. It's, and making a difference. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you guys have a new official community plan, so OCP. You guys have been working on that for the last few years and it should be adopted this summer, this fall? Yeah, it'll either be at our next meeting or the first meeting in September. So either the last meeting in August or first meeting in September. So there's a still the final conversation for council to have and depending changes, it may push it to one meeting or the next when we adopt, but it's coming up and it's the product of a lot of a lot of labor. So yeah, it kind of came to you guys 2021, you started, eh? 2021, we started, the first phase was the vision process. So yeah. our community being relatively new, we never had a community of vision established. Yeah. And so we went forth and that phase is largely sort of the public communication phase. 
And the OCP is more of the mechanism for achieving that vision. So the vision is a 20-year look at the horizon of West Kelowna and residents want to see it become a really cool part of it. That took some time. And then uh, in fall of 2021, we started putting those vision to tangible ideas in workshops for the OCP. And then, you know, we're working straight through summer and fall of 2022, OCP prep in fall of 2022 and early 23. And this is where like you're having your final stakeholder engagements, you're really getting that draft thing honed into a document that you can bring forward to the public. When was the election? The election was October 2022. Okay, so I find it interesting that you kind of start in one term and then go into another term, so. It did, yeah, it spanned yeah. two terms. It's Kelowna did the same, Kelowna right? did the same thing, yeah. and it was, Kelowna almost had it finished, and then the new people just had to adopt it. I just yeah. thought that was interesting, like, how that come they don't just tough. do it in one term? Ultimately, when we started, I think there was an anticipation that we would potentially be able to complete it last okay. term, but you know, you get into it and, you know, to do proper due diligence and give the community like real, like honest opportunities for feedback, you got to yeah. stretch that process out. And for us, unlike, you know, in the future, the OCP will be a little more of a revision based on the fact that we've got this 20 year visioning document yep. that's yeah. going to guide that. Whereas this time it was like from scratch. So it ended up taking a bit longer than we thought. So. Yeah. And do you guys get a lot of feedback like how do you go out and get engagement from you know people that are living in west Kelowna? yeah so it can be tough because sometimes people don't often engage in the local politics and at that level until they realize what's happening <laughs> yeah so for example in the election we had a, like a 19 percent turnout it's really bad but i guess some people would say well then you know mostly people must be happy with what we're doing yeah yeah there's yeah, that that's a good look at it yeah yeah but uh we'll do like pop-up engagements so we would you know, some of our staff and consultants at places like Nestor's in the Lakeview Village, yeah. you know, down at the Galatly Waterfront, maybe at Save On Foods. And like you'd have these engagement opportunities that happen organically as people are shopping. And then we would do open houses. So we'd have all of our work boards up just with maps, with stickers. You can kind of comment on things by way of saying where you'd like density or, you know, we'd had online submissions. We had really a whole host of opportunities. We were quite active in not waiting for the engagement, but really bringing it to people. Yeah. Lots of social media campaigns to yeah. pump that content out there as well. Shane Stiles was on our podcast recently and there was a development that's going on, took it to public hearing. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are opposing it in Kelowna. And his argument was, and the OCP just came out a year ago, you could have had your voice heard yeah. then. Like this is what's kind of slowing down progress and evolution in densifying or making housing affordable. Like no one really has a voice until they're upset about it, but this is the perfect time to kind of get involved and give their feedback. So that often can be the way it goes. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was really proud about with this, we just recently had public hearing in July. Yeah. And, you know, you're kind of wondering like, we have a really small council chambers on the west side, so we're building a new city hall right now. Yeah, yeah. So right now, our council chambers is two Atco trailers sandwiched yeah. together, and like a awesome small... KRM. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a Britco or an Atco trailer. But yeah. anyhow, we have a very small gallery, and we're thinking, is this going to be packed? Like, do we have to have reserve seating in the main part of city hall? Like, are we going to? like cast it over there electronically. And then we had very few people in attendance and very few comments, both online or over the phone or in person, which is really encouraging. Cause it's like, okay, like this has been a real 
compilation of work, not just by a council, but by staff and the residents as well. And so yeah. I think people feel like they're represented in this OCP. And I guess we'll see as big buildings get- Yeah, as the projects start to go. And then, yeah. yeah, well, let's dive into that then. So densification of West Kelowna. I mean, we're talking 16 stories on some of these buildings. Yeah, so actually upwards of 19 stories in certain areas of our West Bank Urban Centre. So it'll be based off of that 16-story model with option for density bonusing. The OCP doesn't fully speak to the density bonusing structure. That's something that's going to be developed as we adopt the OCP. But so density bonusing, like to get extra height, would be things like additional underground parking, maybe at-grade improvements for public parking, it could be childcare spaces. It could be a commitment to have a percentage of non-market rentals or market rentals. You know, it could be building 30% of your units as accessible units for the future. Yeah. So there's a whole host of options that we're considering to kind of like propel that density bonusing. Uh, so to, to simplify that for like our listeners, basically there's some flexibility for developers, you know, they'll approach you guys at council and say, what's the current need? Do we need more parking or daycare or something? And you guys will grant like an acceptance based on that. Totally. And we'll try to have a pretty spelled out guideline. Like originally we had talked about calling it a community amenity contribution where the developer proposes, well, hey, here's what I could do for you. But yeah. Then it gets really PC and you're debating at council the merit of whether we think that's a valid contribution or not. Yeah. So we're trying to make the contributions based on the need that we see in this present day and age. And that may change in the future in a revision. It may say, hey, now the density bonus thing is going to look like this. But right. yeah, we're still developing that. You guys trying to have densification, you know, with 16 to 19 stories because there's a need for affordable housing. What drives that, you know? So density, it's a really positive move when you're trying to create supply. So you get supply quicker, but it's also when you're trying to create community, when you're trying to boost the economy, create like spaces for employment that work and that have the opportunity to last. So there's a huge focus on wanting to see mixed use in these urban centers, both yeah. in the West Bank Center and the Bushery Center. So whether it's at grade, the hope is that everything will be user experience at grade. And then we'd love to see commercial business on maybe floors two and three, and then residential thereafter yeah. with hopefully a mix of unit types because the most successful you know, dwelling for people are not necessarily, this building over here is solidly non-market rental. This one's seniors housing. This one's supportive yeah. housing. This one's for market. Like you want to have the mix of uses within. I agree. I think that's a kind of imperative, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of really to drive the opportunities, both recreationally, socially, culturally, employment opportunities. Those are the things we lack a little bit of in West Kelowna, and we think development can help with that. It also, like the infrastructure improvements are less expensive when you densify. So you're no longer looking at kilometers of roadway to service 100 homes, where yeah. in one kilometer you may service 1,000 homes. Yeah, yeah. So are you guys looking, like you've mentioned this a couple of times, there's a few different sectors of Kelowna, like you've broken them down into four or five parts. Like, are you guys looking at managing those individually to densify each one and kind of have a center of each one or collectively just make a, you know, a larger use of all of West Kelowna by focusing on those certain areas? So yes, we definitely have different areas in that growth center or that land use designation. 
the West Bank Urban Center is actually broken up into three specific areas. There's a mixed use corridor, which is sort of right on Brown Road. I don't know how familiar you guys are with West Kelowna. Yeah. yeah. So Brown Road, we've got a seniors housing development called the Heritage. Yeah. Whiskey Jacks is there, which is a pretty historic landmark for, yeah. for West Bank Town. A lot of memories going down. Yeah. So that's your mixed use corridor in that spread there. And then you have the commercial core, which would be fronting Old Okanagan Highway and then back up towards where the Buckerfields is. Okay. And yeah. then down to sort of your West Bank Exchange bus stop. And then we have a, we call a residential shoulder, which is off to the side. So if you're familiar with where, Truck 59, Cidery is your Crown and Thieves winery. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sort of some parcels of land to the right of that that would kind of swing in behind Savon Foods that is going to be more residential focused than commercial focused to get people living in that yeah. area even more. And we will throw this like a link in the show notes and, you know, some photos on Instagram so people can understand the map that we're looking at, yeah. obviously. Take advantage of this time personally. I'm curious about DCC fees. So if someone's like on a smaller scale, not looking at, you know, large developer coming in and building 16 stories, but for somebody that's doing an infill project, say somebody has like half acre single family house in Rose Valley and they're <laughs> subdividing it and they've been taking their time, but DCC fees are increasing. Why are DCC fees increasing? Now, I guess the argument I would have, and this is a pretty loaded question for you, but the argument I have is should we not provide like an incentive for people that own land now to subdivide? So for me personally, there's about like a $19,000 DCC fee from city of West Kelowna to subdivide. Not super expensive considering, you know, there's a ton of other fees with shallow utilities and architectural work and everything I have to do, but there's value in the land there. But if we were to take that, say $20,000 off, saves me the money. I'm now incentivized to build faster because it's, you know, the cost isn't there. You guys as a city would then have a new single family house, a family there that's going to be paying tax and supporting small businesses and property tax alone would probably, you know, pay that $20,000 in four or five years. I'm just being like one of those guys that's whining, that's not going to these OCPs. <laughs> but why do we have DCC fees? I mean, that's not unreasonable, but I guess... Yeah. Can we make them free for me? <laughs> yeah. Well, you missed your chance at public engagement. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but, you're one uh, of the nine people. Yeah. You're one of the nine people. Yeah. So DCC fees, like they're largely based on the fact that we have major capital infrastructure improvements to do over a span of time. So we kind of look ahead in a five-year trajectory and we say, well, what do we have to reasonably do to accommodate the growth that we expect to achieve, which is kind of cited in the OCP, but also cited through documents like the regional growth strategy or the housing needs assessment. So like we kind of know what we have coming up and then we basically work backwards to say, hey, based on a split with the growth we anticipate, this is how we're going to help fund these infrastructure projects. Okay. So they are largely based on actual tangible need. It's just not like a theoretical number that we're pulling out of the air. I always tell people like, if you want to save money, you come to West Kelowna. We are significantly cheaper than Kelowna and would love to see you invest in fabric of West Kelowna. And I think there's a great opportunity about to enter a, like a blank canvas stretch of time here with this new OCP. But I do understand what you're saying. Like DCCs, especially the greater impact is on these higher density 
units because where you might have $19,000 a door, you know, if you've got 280 doors, yeah. it's a pretty big cost to front. And so certainly there are, and we haven't discussed this as a council, but it is on the schedule to discuss, you know, what kind of incentives do you offer to promote growth in the areas we really want to see take off? So the West Bank Urban Center is going to be one of those areas. We want to see some tangible investment in some larger buildings down there so that we can actually see and feel and touch how that's going to work for us, right? Okay. So there would be incentives on specific areas. Yeah. Mostly for developers to create that mixed use parking, like whatever the need is in the vision of the OCP. Totally. Yeah. And okay. likely not good news for you, but likely not towards the single family infill because there's going to be opportunities that present itself for that in the future as well. Like we were talking a little earlier about the province and this potential yeah. of lots being subdivided four times. And yeah. We don't know what's going on with that, but the talk is out there. Yeah, it yeah. seems to be happening here. Yeah. Do you guys have a stance on that specifically? Every lot has a fourplex type of conversation. Like we haven't talked about it yet. I don't believe we're included in the first round of communities that are going to be, you know, sort of operate as the pilot on this. Yeah. But I do have some concerns about single family lots turning into four unit lots. Yeah. Like we were talking earlier, the RU7 lots have been great in Kelowna for yeah. providing units, but maybe not so great in creating as affordable units as people had hoped. And so it ultimately though, affordability is heavily linked to supply and demand. So we definitely need more houses, I think in Kelowna and in West Kelowna. Because you guys are projecting like a 25% almost increase in your population in the next, by 2040. So I read that right here. I think what the current population is 39,000? Yeah, 39,000. And you guys are expecting about a 12,000 growth? Yeah, so by uh, 2040, we're just looking at our chart here, we're looking at 48,223. Wow. So yeah, quite a bit of growth yeah. coming in a short amount of time. Yeah. And that's largely due to the fact that the secret's out, not just about West Kelowna, but the central Okanagan in general. It's yeah, it's the destination market in this country. Yeah, very much so. Well, and I think, I mean, if you guys can provide some more of that commercial space or walkable, livable areas where people don't have to come across the bridge, like it has, you know, gotten much better over the last 15 years, but that's probably the one necessary catalyst to really you know, allow people to live there and not have to drive so far. So totally. you know, kudos to you guys for recognizing that. WFN, like how much do you work with them to do this OCP? So really not at all. So they would have their own yeah. um, official community plan. And yeah. we do meet together strategically to kind of discuss larger projects. Like our communities are so intertwined that, well, Taylor and I both grew up on the West side. Yeah. That's what it was. We affectionately knew it as was the West side. And yeah. yeah. I mean, we played for West Side Minor Baseball. It was West Side Minor Hockey. And, <laughs> and so the borders really seamlessly intertwine. And most people, even if you've lived there your whole life, you really, at any given point in time, you're not sure if you're in that's, West Kelowna. That's what I was wondering is because like you, there has to be a plan for, you must talk a little bit to know where you want to identify, what you want to hear. Because it, you're right, you can drive down to Thacker or like kind of in Lakeview Heights and you don't, you can go through in and out of that WFN land without even knowing it really. Yeah, and certainly like, West Bank First Nations has most of the commercial development on the west side. We've really got a heavy residential base. Like our residential tax base is on assessment basis around 94%. But based on multipliers, like our actual budgeted amount is 86% residential taxes. So that's the other reason for densification and creating these hotspots for employment and culture and recreation is like, 
we need to actually diversify our tax base too to take some of the pressure off of owners, right? So affordability, you know, that conversation extends into taxes and property taxes. And so the more you can offset with commercial opportunities, the better. But yeah, we definitely chat with West Bank First Nations often, largely when it comes to facilities that would be of joint use. Yeah. Or, like we don't want to provide duplication of service yeah. on the West side. So we wouldn't want to start to be, you know, expanding on our rec center. And then West Bank First Nations, we find out, well, they're building one too. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, we should have just done this together. Yeah. yeah. And then again, like service agreements for police and fire, like we share in those services as well. Yeah. So things like fire halls or expanding the police station, like there's conversations that are happening all the time. Yeah, interesting. You said a word that excites me, tax. I'm going to circle back to it. So for you guys budgeting wise, then there's obviously provincial, federal contributions for taxes. You guys get your own income from, you know, people that are living in West Kelowna. You know, that was great for the budget breakdown of the DCC. So you know, tentatively they could decrease if you guys, you know, do all these infrastructure advances that you need to, but do you guys have to spend a certain amount of money? Like if the government gives you at a federal provincial level, a certain amount of funding, do you need to spend it in a certain amount of years? Do you need to justify that you have a certain amount of projects going on? Do you apply for more funding? How does that kind of work? Yeah. So we cannot operate a deficit, but we can put money into reserves and save it. Like oftentimes if we apply for a grant, there would be a timeline on that grant. Like for example, this growing communities fund that has been allocated provincially, like every community based on a formula received X amount of money. And so you have, I believe the horizon for that is five years to utilize the money within a, like a parameter. And actually it's quite generous that specific fund that we were allocated. But yeah. yeah, we definitely aim to spend all the free money that we get for sure. Yeah. We're not looking to give any of that back, but no, we just can't run a deficit. I'm excited about that. So you got five years to spend some funding. You guys were given this recently yeah. then? Okay. Yeah. And from that, like that doesn't have anything to do with infrastructure, housing development, like that's putting in softball fields or what are we looking at? You know what, like the parameter court? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The parameters are fairly broad and I'm not clear enough on them to be able to say that it could be spent on a softball field or, you know, maybe moving those fences back or increasing them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're too short. I know. Yeah. You're well, just too strong. You yeah. Well, yeah. If we can, I like robbing the home runs, but maybe just move them back a bit. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it can be spent on that, but certainly there's like housing initiatives, infrastructure initiatives, recreation initiatives that we can spend that money on. And there's new funds coming up all the time. Federally, there's, a, I believe it's called the Housing Accelerator Fund. There's a program coming up. And so we're working hard to be in position to apply for that funding as well. Yeah. As far as like circling back to DCCs a little bit would be, we have such an infrastructure deficit in West Kelowna that I'm quite confident the DCC amount you had mentioned- It'll never down. go down. I don't think it's going to go down anytime <laughs> soon. That's fair. We were pretty rural for a long time. And so we've got some catch up to do Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. I guess to speak about that too, Matt always complains that he can't drink the water over there or maybe his tenants can't drink the water. Yeah. <laughs> Touchy subject. Every time I go to my rental property, there's a new sign out that says boil water and measuring. Like what is going on with that? Yeah, the bane of my existence. <laughs> uh, for both at this point, Taylor, just pay more. Bro. Well, that, yeah, when Steve came Make over and I, I offered him a drink, he's like, Yes, water, please. I haven't had water in three days. Yeah. I know. We actually we do have 
way too many boiled water advisories. And, you know, we've got an old water treatment plant. I think it was built in the 60s. And, you know, we've had some issues too back in, I think it was 2017, we had a fire in Rose Valley. Yeah. And, you know, you put the fire retardant on there. We had the choppers come in and then a lot of it spilled in the lake. And I think it's like more of a phosphorus-based retardant. So it acts as a bit of a fertilizer. Oh my God, is this going to happen in Knox Mountain too? Because they just got dumped with that. I don't know. But this is anyhow, like we had struggled with algae blooms for a number of years and it's just trying to keep up with it has been a real challenge, which is why we're building the new water treatment plant, which is state of the art. It's it's our number one priority and it's supposed to be commissioned this fall. So we're we're on track. We're open for October. And that would resolve... Like all of West Kelowna or just problem areas like Shannon Lake? Valley, Shannon Lake. Yeah. So it'll resolve half the community. We have really good water on the south half of the community through the yeah. Powers Creek water treatment plant. Yeah. And then this would take care of, you know, Rose Valley, West Kelowna States, Shannon Lake, Lakeview Heights, Mission Hill, and then Sunnyside. Castle Loma's got a nice water treatment plant, don't they? Or? It's like their own little private system. So yeah, it's an older water okay. treatment yeah. Plant. It was a private utility, but there's also going to be an interconnect installed so that, you know, if we had issues with one of the water treatment plants, say Powers Creek, yep. there'd be an interconnect where the awesome. New Rose Valley could feed the whole community and vice versa. So you can kind of share if needed. It's a pretty cool facility. We got a tour through it recently. It's oh, right and it's really set up for growth in the future to expand the reservoir yeah. capacity. So Pretty neat facility. That's awesome. And then I don't know if you know much about this. What about the power, like the transmission lines that go into West Kelowna? I know they've been threatened by fire a few times. I don't know. I think it's threatened like the whole city power supply. Am I right about that? Yeah. So this is something we've been advocating for as a municipality really since day one. We're served by a single transmission line. And it actually, that power plant there, it services all the way to Summerland. So there's about 70,000 people that are affected by an outage on that line. Yeah. And yes, we have like recently had a couple of real close calls where if the power is cut on that line, we're essentially, we're out of luck. So we've been advocating for that redundant power supply. You know, the province in BC Hydro has been really just slow on the draw with this. Perfect. They've proposed like twinning the line, which really if apply common sense to that doesn't make a lot of sense. So that means if the fire is big enough to take out one part of the line, it could potentially take out the other part too. And so I think there is another option that's been floated as well. So we're waiting to see, hopefully we'll get some answers soon on what that looks like. Guys are in a difficult position, like 39,000 people. It's not a huge population of taxpayers for the infrastructure that you need, like geographically. So that would, that would be provincial for sure and maybe even federal money for that here is that yeah we wouldn't be on the hook for that yeah money. so yeah. yeah 20 in the line though that is kind of funny <laughs> yeah right well this you're a you're a power line guy and old power well yeah thing of the day and i yeah. why don't you get out there and start thinking about it yeah. put on spurs and get out there and <laughs> i read some poles in and that's quite a change like power yeah. line to real it was estate actually when i was in oh yeah these are the same poles though. Cool. i want to touch on one more subject you may or may not have any input on it, but obviously illegal suites, Airbnbs, carriage house, that kind of stuff. Like West Kelowna has been like dynamic and fluid. They've actually like changed a few things here and there. What's kind of the stance? And we asked city of Kelowna as well, and we kind of put you guys on the spot. So feel free to just disregard the question, but what's your stance on illegal suites, 
Airbnb, do you support it? Do you think in the future there will be more Airbnb bylaw zoned places? Like there are a couple in city of West Kelowna that allow those short-term rentals. Do you guys care one way or the other? Yeah, we have a short-term rental policy that we developed a couple years back. So definitely I'm supportive of short-term rentals. Like our policy, you know, it was the first time we had taken a crack at it. And so it's due for review right now. There's some things that likely will change. We tried to you know, be as open as we could in the initial policy without being too open. It's sort of a give and take there. There's a lot of people that want to see that type of use and be able to use their home to provide some excess equity that way. And there's a lot of people that are real concerned and for good reason that, you know, these residential neighborhoods will become tourist traps like hotels and we don't really want residential hotels. So the current policy is really based upon you being a principal owner and then renting out, say you were to have a legal suite and you didn't want to do it long-term and you said, yeah. well, I'll put that in the STR pool and, and you can rent it out that way. So the current policy allows that. Oh, so you can do, did you say legal, legal. suites? Yeah. Interesting. Cause I don't think you can do that in Colombia. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, great for homeowners that want to make a little bit of money or like you said, maybe they just have a vacancy for a couple months in the summer. Yeah, that's good. So we don't allow full home short-term rentals though. And that yeah. that's sort of the difference is we want that owner-occupied status because then if there's an issue, there's accountability there. Totally. Um, yeah. Versus, you know, having bylaws come out and, you know, nobody's cooperative. And That's a great stance on it because, yeah, if I'm a neighbor and someone's Airbnb, their full house out, there's way more liability for noise complaints. But at least if someone's living there, you can deal with it. I think City of Kelowna... They're coming up with some revisions for their own Airbnb bylaws, but yeah. Yeah. And then long-term suites, like we're definitely supportive of legal long-term suites. We need secondary suites and carriage homes. It's another housing form that's really important to that housing continuum. So yeah, yeah, very supportive. What about non-legal suites? Is there any plan to like kind of ease up on cracking down on those or? Yeah. I mean, that's a tough question. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like right now. We're just firing them at you as best we can. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't what you told me to be. <laughs> like, I told you I'd give you all the free water you wanted, though. I'll take some home with me. <laughs> the illegal suites, like they're basically regulated on a complaint basis. So yeah. if you are operating a suite, you're a good operator, you're a good neighbor, you're doing everything right, but you haven't legalized that suite, you're probably never going to have a problem. But it's, yeah. you know, those owners that are not keeping tabs on it. There's no accountability. The parking, the parking the is parking. a stinger, man. The tenants parking over the neighbor's places. And then that's, that's where it really comes down to, because even if you have a legal suite, like you still have to keep that in check. And yeah, you know, yeah. you're liable for bylaw fines if you're not compliant. And yeah, so no, I don't think there's going to be an active sort of approach to shutting down illegal suites. Yeah. But we would obviously prefer that everyone, it's really about, you know, health and safety from a yeah. like a code perspective that we want yeah. to make sure these suites are built right. Yeah. So be a good neighbor, operate your suite properly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's talk about the voting. So your last election, the West Kelowna voting turnout was 19%. Yeah, it was 19 and change. Yeah, it was under 20%, which is, you know, like- That just seems insane. You probably don't know this, but what's kind of the average turnout in C municipalities or across Canada? I know we would hope for 30%. That would be sort of what we would hope for. I can't speak to what the average would be. Sometimes like it really depends like how many hot topic issues there are for any given election. So this one was, we had water, but the water treatment plant is like well under construction. So even though people were saying, well, I want clean water, you could just look up the hill and be like, well, 
it's coming like it's you know highly technical equipment coming from all over the world so it, it takes time and we're trying to build it right in the middle of that yeah terrible pandemic. time to build yeah but i think too it can speak to like the low turnout can translate into hey we're relatively happy with council the, the direction that they're taking so that's how i'm taking it like yeah. um, okay <laughs> i think that's how you got to take it yeah you know like there's 39,000 people in West Kelowna. Let's just do some math here. 19% is like 7,000 people voted. Well, it'd be less than that it'd because it'd be, be that eligible. Eligible, voter, eligible yeah. yeah. I agree with your stance on it because like, I'm generically not going to vote unless I, like, I feel really passionate for a change. And like, yeah. yeah well, like you think about it, they're right in the middle of planning out their OCP, right in the middle of the election. So it would have probably been a good one if you paid attention to the OCP at least. Yeah. And I think like they often say too, if you have a race for mayor... Yeah. Like you'll have a higher voter turnout because yeah. like that's really what people hold yeah. on to when they look at an election. Councillors yeah. are sort of like subsidiary to that. It's not as important. Don't play yourself, Dan. No, no, no. But the, <laughs> the mayor, that's an important rule. Especially if there's some controversy. Is that what Kelowna does? They just mix it up so that get the turnout out? Hey, I'm not yeah. going to comment on Kelowna. Yeah, yeah. He's setting you up for He does this to me all the time too. Yeah, he's subtle. The yeah. controversy in our election came out after. It did, so... Yeah, let's time. let's steer clear of that one. Okay, to finish off with the positivity, last question before we jump into kind of our wrap-up questions. What excites you about the OCP? Like what's kind of your, you know, you as an individual or as just council? Like what's kind of the thing that you're most excited to see be accomplished in the next five, 10 years? Yeah, so one thing I'm realistic about is I'm really excited to see the development of our urban centers. But I do realize that like if a person were to come forward, you know, a week after we adopt the new OCP, there's going to be three plus years before we get a project in the ground. So I think realistically, we don't intend to see a ton of actual work finished and completed in the next three to five years. Especially um, with the interest rates and the, like, there's just not that much incentive overall, I don't think. Yeah, totally. But yeah. certainly 10 years out, like yeah. I'm really excited to see a downtown that's walkable and vibrant that I can, you know, go out for dinner with my wife and we can, you know, spend some time downtown. So there's shops and yeah. maybe like that Bernard experience where you've got a lake house and there's different, you know, a shoe store here and like, you know, a nice tapas bar, coffee shops, just opportunities to engage in that downtown experience, that real pedestrian feel. And I think that's something we've really never had in West Kelowna. So I do think that like it'll help with tourism, but it'll just help with the community spirit and the pride of saying like, hey, we live here, we've got ownership here. We're invested not only financially through the housing market, but we actually like play here and we recreate here and we're going to the community theater to see a yeah. show. And we're so I'm excited for all of those things. I'm actually particularly excited about what could happen with our Bushery Urban Center, which we didn't really talk much about, but there's real growth opportunity there. Sort of that section between the Mount Bushery ball fields yeah. right up against the base of the mountain and yeah. then all the way over to Hudson Road School, yeah. elementary school. So there's going to be opportunities for mixed use, multifamily, six-story buildings, and then even higher as you get parallel with the highway. So it'll be very separate and distinct from the West Bank Urban Center, but its yeah. own little sort of independent downtown for locals. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend, I think he closed on the property. It's a single family house, but near that, uh, I think it used to be an old Husky gas station yeah. that they've torn down there. And yeah, he's approached you guys to build a multi-level unit there and said it was a positive response. So yeah, pretty cool. And then there are waterfront too. We do have one of our growth centers is the Galatly Village. Yeah. So just down by the water, there's not a lot of room for development there. But What are you going to do there? What's the plan for that? Well, there's an opportunity certainly for like, 
you know, I would call it it's more of a luxury, like residential with, yeah. you know, at grade improvements for the public, whether it be coffee shops or, you know, similar to like Bliss Bakery where they're located in Peachland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that walk in Westfall there in Galatly. It's beautiful. beautiful. It, it is. is. It's it is a special place. So, yeah. So the improvements there, like the intent is to keep it tasteful and lower scale. Yeah. We're not looking for a crazy density there. We're looking for user experience. Yeah, there's going to be some residential units there, which would be just really beautiful units for sure. Yeah. But really just to complement that experience down there, that natural element, create that sort of small town lakeside village. Yeah. You said it before with a blank canvas. Like I think the potential's there and, you know, the OCP looks amazing. Good job for you guys. You know, for an example, Lakeview, like that whole area, Lakeview Market, put in a little brewery, taco IGA, like beautiful. I was great. Yeah. It's a wicked spot. So yeah, we're pretty fortunate to have some incredible like wineries too and, and local yeah. restaurants and shops. Yeah, and very much so. Actually, someone was telling me that just this week they were in Spain on a wine tour. And I hadn't heard of this term, but apparently there's something called like a master of wine or a wine master or something. And there's yeah. only so many in the world, like 600 or something. Yeah. Oh. And they're just talking, said, where are you from? Oh, we're from a place called Kelowna. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, have you ever been over to West Kelowna? He's like, Lakeview Heights, man. That's weird. He's like, they got something special going on there. He said, I've been all over the world and they don't have, you know, this network of wineries that weave in and out of residential development. And yeah. So I think we got a pretty cool thing going. You over definitely there. do. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Excited to expand on it. My wife and I just went for dinner at Modest Butcher there. So last good. week, and it was taking in the views. It was beautiful. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on. We'll jump into our kind of wrap up questions here. If you have time to stick around. Sure. Time for everyone's favorite part of the show: the ice maker section. Brought to you by myself, Matt Glenn. Okay, if you could purchase one property in the Okanagan in the next year, where would it be and what would it be? Oh, West Kelowna, man. Yeah. <laughs> would be actually, would be depending on what kind of stock gets built over the next while with that OCP. I think it would be really neat to pick up a unit in a, you know, maybe a one or two bedroom in a new higher rise development downtown yeah. and maybe hold it as an investment property for now, but something for the future. Yeah. So, well, okay. I'm going to piggyback on that. One more question on that. If you were an investor right now and you were looking to buy property in West Kelowna, cause I do think there's tons of value there geographically, where do you think is the best option that's going to be supported by the OCP in either appreciation or infill projects? Where do you guys see like the most movement? So, I mean, there's a lot of land assembly it's being created right now downtown on the mm -hmm. Brown Road area. Right. So like the secrets out there and like the prices are starting to escalate there. I think for the future would be the north side of that Bushery Urban Center, where it's not currently included in this revision of the OCP. So those are still just single family lots. Yeah. That it'll eventually that urban center will move that way. So I think long term, that's probably a pretty good area to look at. And then Lakeview Heights is really the infill neighborhood of choice because the large lots. Yeah. One of the things I'm hopeful for is that we'll create a new zone that allows like more of a smaller entry level or downsizing type home. Yep. And that would be phenomenal in the Lakeview Heights neighborhood. Yeah. A lot of those lots could accommodate for potentially more Definitely. homes on them. So. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. What is the best thing you've ever spent money on? And this is like fun money? Like, Usually, but it doesn't have to be. 
Oh man. Well, I've owned too many mountain bikes and I get made fun of for that because I buy and sell them every year. <laughs> and like some people would like roll over when I say this, but it's probably my e-mountain bike. Oh. Which I don't own anymore. I sold it because I was getting razzed. <laughs> so then I'm back on a what I'll call an analog bike. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. I didn't know you were such a big bike guy. I'm not a big bike guy. I wish I had more time to be. Yeah. I go enough to have a couple serious bails a year and not ever seem to approve. So yeah. Yeah. Just to keep yourself sore. Yeah. Enough to keep myself sore. (laughs) Okay. What's the best book or quote or both? So recently I've read a biography on Churchill. It's a, like, it's a two-parter. So it's like his early life. And then from 1874 to 1918 yeah. and then 1918 to 1965. It was really interesting. Oh, so I've read so many books on Churchill. Yeah. yeah I, I just got a new one actually too. It's just called Churchill. It's yeah. just more of a recent one. It's like two inch thick one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've read that one yeah. too. Yeah. So I'm excited to get into that. So I'll just go with, he's got so many quotes. He's probably one of the more quoted politicians yeah. in history, but it says, uh, well, there's a couple here. It says, you have enemies. Good. That means you've set up for something sometime in your life. So as a politician, you're just, someone's unhappy with every decision yeah. you make. Yeah. And so that's okay. You just have to do what you think is right. And then for people that rip on democracy, this quote is, democracy is the worst form of government, except for all the others. Yeah. <laughs> I love you're going to be a Churchillian order. Yeah. I love it. Did you always, I mean, this is a whole nother tangent, so I'll try and keep it quick, but did you always want to be in politics? No, I don't think so. I, um, you know, I grew up in West Kelowna or the West side at the time. And, you know, I remember back in 2013 where we were a new municipality and I was kind of watching council from the sidelines, just seeing what they were doing. And I just really felt like, man, this isn't representative of the vision I have for the community. When I talk to other people my age, I'm like, it's not reflective of their dreams either. So in actually 2014, I don't even know what this is crazy, but I ran for mayor and I, just thought, okay. How old were you? You're pretty young. How old were you then? I was 29. So I just thought, I'll, I'll just put some perspective out there. And then at least like, because I was worried that if no one else ran, it would just be a blank slate, you know, yeah. claiming everyone and then back into it. So at that point, I, I don't know, it was sort of uncharacteristic of me, but I just did it and didn't win, but did well. You, and, yeah, you did really well. Yeah. And so it was neat to see that some of the things that I had talked about began to be circulated at the table at that time. And then from there, I had a lot of people give good feedback and say, hey, we really love the campaign you ran, but we got to see you be on council first before we vote for you for that mayor's seat. And so I've been on council in the last two terms and happy to be a part of it. It's a great organization. So well, good for you for be back on for your mayor run. Taking action. Yeah. (laughs) That's not on the horizon right now. (laughs) Okay. We'll talk after. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Last question, I promise. I know it's getting long. Can we bring back the water slides in West Kelowna? Man, that was like... I wish so much we could. Like All this fun money you have in the OCP grants, like, put it, just one water slide. That's all. Just take Taylor's DCC fees and just put it... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those were so fun, too. Yeah. Wild and wet or Mariner's Reef, depending yeah. on your age. Yeah. yeah. Now there's old McDonald's farm. I mean, yeah, West Kelowna, they have it all. Well, and then Kelowna used to have the Flintstones, yeah. the yeah. water slide and the roller rink. Yeah. What happened? People just don't know how to have fun anymore or what's going on? I don't know. Those are awesome. Bring them back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, how can our listeners best connect with you guys at council or you as an individual? How can people support you or get in touch. It's westcolonacity.ca. 
under under Marin Council, you'll see all of our contact info there. Yeah. So you can grab it there. I'll provide that info for you guys as well. Yeah, sure. So if anyone wants to reach out with any questions, happy to chat. Love drinking coffee. So happy to go for coffee if anyone's got questions about yeah. the OCP or anything else. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, it's been Appreciate fun. it. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank okay. you. Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.